I'm Victoria, a Catholic wedding photographer. And I'm Joe, a Catholic wedding videographer and photographer. And we're Catholic wedding professionals who love working with brides on this journey toward marriage. As married women ourselves, we totally remember all that goes into preparing for the wedding day. All the stresses and obstacles, and we're here to help you through it all. In this podcast, we'll cover topics like planning out a timeline, Catholic wedding traditions, and more. Our hope is that you'll find this podcast helpful in both your wedding planning and marriage preparation. Know that we are praying for you and your fiancé as you plan and prepare. Welcome Welcome to the Catholic Catholic Wedding Wedding Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Catholic Wedding Podcast. I am joined here with my friend, Joe, as always. Say hi, Joe. Hello. And our new friend, Lindsay. We are so excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you. So today we are talking all about wedding day desserts, and Lindsay is an expert in this field. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Can you please introduce yourself? Yes, thank you so much for inviting me to talk to you today. My name is Lindsay Rensing, and I own two businesses, Icon Cake and Sugar Flowers, and then also Trey Bell Cakes, and they're both located in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I started Icon out of my home in 2019 and very quickly outgrew my home kitchen. Uh, There was just a lot of business, and with um, the sugar flowers I make, it took up a lot of space in our house. A mutual friend introduced me to the owner of Trey Bell Cakes, who was interested in retirement and was exploring her options for selling the business. And everything kind of aligned in our lives. And I purchased Trey Bell in 2022 um, and have been running both businesses side by side um, for almost two years with the ultimate goal of merging them. Currently, Icon serves upper, mid-market, and luxury clients and specializes in multi-tier wedding cakes with handmade sugar flowers, and Traybell serves standard and mid-market wedding clients, plus we create cakes and desserts for birthdays, anniversaries, showers, and every kind of celebration you could think of. Um, We also have a um, walk-in shop, and we serve cupcakes and pastries and coffees. Um, So between the two businesses, I have experience working with all kinds of couples across every budget. Um, And then in my personal life, I have a wonderful husband named Mike, and next summer we are going to be celebrating our 20th anniversary. Um, We have two kids, Gabriel is 15, and then Jules is 13, so we've got major teenage issues in our house right now. (laughs) Plus we have um, a a cat that we absolutely adore, and then two parakeets who drive us crazy. (laughs) That is I think we so can cool. actually hear the parakeets right now. Yeah. It's not distracting or anything, but we can hear them. They yeah. wanted to say hello too. That is so They always cool. want to say hello. <laughs> I have that to say, awesome. I'm glad that we are recording this first thing in the morning because we were perusing your website and everything, which is your work is gorgeous and it looks so good. And I'm glad that I'm looking at this in the morning because if I was looking at this in the afternoon or like at lunchtime. I'd be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, this it all is looks so, so cool. good. Yeah, I need to come. I mean, you're in Cincinnati, so you're right around the corner, probably for me. So I have to check out your shop because, especially since you have cupcakes, and visit. yeah, <laughs> especially since you have cupcakes, I'm like, oh yeah, I could just yeah. swing on by. <laughs> a lot our, of delicious things. That's our awesome. local cupcake shop closed, and I'm really sad about it. So 
Um, well come visit me in cincinnati i know check it out that'd be awesome (laughs) it's a game plan (laughs) yes that is so cool today we're we're talking all about wedding day desserts which is why we asked you to come on Lindsay. and and we're super excited to dive into all of these things because there's so many options when it comes to desserts and it can be a little overwhelming i think sometimes for couples to decide do I want a cake? Do I want a dessert table? How big of a cake do I need based on the number of guests? There's just so many questions that come with desserts on wedding day. Uh, so when a couple comes to you and a bride and a groom decide or are deciding what kind of desserts they should have at their wedding, what, what kind of things have you seen at weddings? What's We have seen so many things, um, especially the past 10 years, things have kind of evolved and changed a lot um, in this realm of like weddings and desserts. Um, First, I want to say that I don't think the classic tiered white wedding cake is ever going to go away or out of style. It's definitely the epitome of, you know, the timeless wedding and the cake is always going to look fabulous when you look back through your wedding pictures, no matter if it's five years or 50 years from now. Um, but also in this place and time, it's easy for couples to be inundated with social media posts and articles that, um, you know, from all directions, stressing uniqueness in your wedding, it's your day. It's all about you. You don't need to incorporate every traditional element. Um, and with that, we are seeing a lot of requests for cakes, um, that bring in a lot of color, um, you know, bright, bold cakes, black cakes, um, things that are not, um, you know, the farthest thing from your traditional white cake that you can see. There's also been a pretty consistent increase in couples who don't necessarily want the big showy cake, but are looking for something small that will allow them to do that traditional ceremony, ceremonial cake cutting. But then they pair this with cupcakes or dessert buffets with, um, a big variety of delicious small desserts, or we've seen donut weddings, pies, cheesecakes, um, the list just goes on and on. And uh, it seems like if there's a sweet treat that the couple especially loves, there's bound to be someone around them that specializes in that particular dessert and is able to provide the quantity needed to serve the guests. Yeah, I love that. I've definitely seen pretty much everything you said as well. Like definitely the donut walls, all of the things, all all of the desserts. But I do think like what you said is very accurate. Most couples don't just have that. Like they will still have a cake, at least even if it is smaller. That's what me and my husband did. We had like a smaller cake so we could still do our cake cutting. And I've seen that pretty consistently throughout all of my couples. I don't know that I've had any couple that just didn't have a cake at all. Cause I think that is a special moment. Yeah. There's a lot of even like that do like, um, you know, churros or ice cream. And I mean, couples are getting super creative with not just the food, but like everything. And they're mm-hmm. definitely like hanging on to that. Um, you know, we want these traditional wedding elements, but not these. And when they, the ones that they decide to, to, um, like make their own, they're doing it in like high style. Mm-hmm. I, I actually that. had a couple do a cannoli. They didn't cut the cannoli, but they <laughs> had a cannoli and then they each took a bite off of the end of the cannoli, which I thought was really cute. That is cute. 
I love that. But I, I was perusing your, your cakes online. And like you said, there's a lot of very traditional white tiered cakes with the, the sugar flowers and stuff. I did see an R2D2 on your page though. And that yeah. made my heart really yeah. happy. Yeah. And when, <laughs> you know, anytime a couple wants to do something that is super personal to them, um, it makes my heart happy. Like, and I'm sure everyone, you know, we do the same things kind of a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, if a couple has an affinity for star Wars and they're like, we need our two D two grooms cake. Um, you're like, yes, that will happen. <laughs> that is, awesome. I love that. Cause I feel like it also gives you an opportunity to branch out creatively too. So it's your, your day-to-day cake baking looks different than mm-hmm. just kind of the same cookie cutter pun intended, sure. maybe yeah. not intended <laughs> cakes, cookies. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> That'll be the only dad joke I make. (laughs) (laughs) So if if a couple does decide that they do want like a beautiful wedding cake, how do they get like inspiration for what that cake should look like? Is that something that you help your couples with? um, Or is that something that like they should kind of have figured out before they even reach out to you? Um, Both of these are possible um, and both will happen. Uh, There's always going to be exceptions, but in general, Um, how a cake is designed is going to largely fall back to who the couple reaches out to um, and what kind of budget they have. Bakers that serve mid to high-end clients or work on only a handful of projects each month are going to be more likely to talk in depth with couples about all of their wedding details, um, including like the wedding dress. What does that look like? Are there details on there? What's the, the lace patterns look like or the floral design? And Um, what specific floral varieties are prominent throughout the wedding, Um, place settings, if there's a specific like China that they're using where there's motifs that are being reused, invitation design, logos. We're going to get all of that information in order to create a design, especially for the couple. Um, It's kind of a little bit more hands-off for the couple and a lot more work for the baker and designer. Um, And then the couple is going to usually get a detailed like hand-drawn sketch or a a written description or both. Um, Whereas a a bakery that's more like a production bakery that provides cakes or desserts for multiple weddings every weekend uh, is going to be more likely to want you to know, um, have a good idea of what you want up front um, and have inspiration photos ready that you can share Um, whether it's of different cakes um, that you have found on Pinterest or Instagram um, or like of your dress or or of your flowers. And then we'll be able to take different elements from you um, and kind of piece something together or tweak an existing design to make sure that we have something special um, created for you. But um, the production bakery side, um, there's just not that like time allowance to be able to like go super in depth and then provide a sketch. So kind of depending on who you're going to um, ask them uh, before you meet with them, what do I need? Like, are you going to be helping me? I think a common recurrence that you're going to hear from me is like, it's always okay to ask. It's always okay to ask any of your vendors anything. Um, And it's better to ask ahead of time than to not be prepared. So if you're meeting with someone or having a call or or emailing, um, say, what do I need to make a cake design? Do you make my design? Do I need to know what I want? And whoever you're working with is going to tell you exactly what you need, exactly what will help them um, help you so that you can have the cake um, or dessert buffet or whatever that you're looking for. 
That makes so much sense because I feel in a lot of ways, communication is everything for a wedding day. If you've got a vision in your head, couples, then you need to communicate that with your vendors and yeah. vendors, vice versa and everything. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And I especially like how you kind of differentiated between the, if a baker is taking on more, less projects in a month, and it's definitely a more curated hand-designed high-end cake versus if you're ordering a cake from, let's say the down here, down here in the South, it's Publix, you know, people can order wedding cakes from Publix, which would be, I think that considered that production style. So I think I, I like that you kind of differentiated when you're ordering from this kind of baker versus this kind of baker. Yeah. And don't be offended if you, if you are assuming that you're going to get something and you don't, like if you go to Publix, um, they're not going to give you a sketch of what your cake is going to look like. That's just not how they operate. And a lot of, um, you know, not even grocery store bakeries, but, you know, production bakeries, you know, they might do five or 10 or 15 cakes every weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're not going to have, they don't have the staff or the time to, to be able to do those things that, um, a higher end client is going to get because the, the time it takes to do that, the cost, um, to the baker is going to kind of get rolled into the cake to be able to do those additional things. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. It's kind of like the whole, like the mindset of like, you get what you pay for. Right. So do you, yeah, do you true. want the yeah. custom experience? Do you want your, your baker to really take time with you and to look at all of your details and really invest in you. It's kind of the same thing within photography and videography to an extent, right? So, and I I also love how you described like how you will look at like the different details of the dress and the china. It really like reminded me that like, this is an art. This isn't just like a like a production, like you mentioned before, it's like, you're really taking in like all of these beautiful details and providing like a truly custom and luxury experience. I, I think that's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. A big question I think that maybe perplexes a lot of the, a lot of couples and probably the normal population in general is what size cake do I need? If I have 50 people, if I have a hundred people, if I have 250 people, what kind of, what size cake do I need to feed all of those people? So can you kind of demystify that and walk us through maybe some cake sizing Yes and no, because I think this also perplexes a lot of bakers because <laughs> working with, um, you know, every family and friend group is different. You w- meet with, um, you know, there's certain families and friends, you could have a hundred people or 250 people. And like when this group gets together, it doesn't matter if it's family reunions or like parties, they are just eating and they're eating all the sweets all the time. And then you'll like get, um, you know, different family friend groups. And a lot of times this is kind of a cultural thing. We like a lot of Asian families that I work with, like they just don't like sweets the same way, um, like, you know, other cultures do. And so, you know, they're not going to eat a ton of cake or sweets. You know, that's just how the, you know, they're, they're culturally, they, they would prefer savory over sweet sometimes. Um, and like, who knows what your family and friends are going to like, you know, are they going to go crazy over the cake and desserts or are they not? Mm-hmm. So I always ask for sure, um, kind of, you know, what, when you're with these people, do they like to eat a lot of sweets or do they not? But overall, um, this definitely, there's a few factors that certainly play a part into this. 
Um, and an experienced baker is definitely going to be able to help guide you. Um, cultural differences are just one of these things. In, in general, things you can keep in mind are um, if your cake is going to be cut and served as a plated course, meaning your catering staff is going to serve a piece on a plate to every person at every table, you need to have enough cake for every guest. So there's no cutting servings out. Everyone needs a piece. Um, if the cake is cut and served buffet style and then guests can help themselves, you can usually reduce the amount of servings that you need uh, by 10 to 20% and sometimes even more than that. Um, but if there's any doubt, you always need to err on the side of having more than not enough. It's always okay to have a box to take home. Um, cake freezes really well. Otherwise, people wouldn't be saving the top tier for like going on how many like decades now um, for that tradition. It's always better to, to be able to take that home and save it than to have a, an angry client because they didn't have enough. Um, things to consider when you're working with your baker to determine um, how many servings you need um, include what time of the day the reception is. If it's if your reception starts around a mealtime and you're going straight into like dinner and then dessert, people are going to want to eat more. Um, is alcohol being served when there's a full bar? Some people eat less. They're going to be drinking. Um, what type of food are you serving? Are you having past hors d'oeuvres um, and then that's it? Or are you having like a heavy big meal? Um, are you having other desserts served in addition to the cake? Are you bringing in a food truck as a late night snack? Um, I know one of the big things here in Cincinnati, people have Skyline brought in at like 10 p.m. for for their like late night thing. Mm -hmm. um, so Skyline, like, it's um, spaghetti chili. It's like Greek style spaghetti chili, and it's delicious. <laughs> you can have it oh, on. That's a so funny. <laughs> okay, the only the only context I have for Skyline, and you're gonna laugh at me for this, is that used to be a like a TikTok sound. That was like Skyline Chili. <laughs> Do you know what I'm? Nope. Nope. Not <laughs> not, I'm but about. that's what they're talking about. I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> Skyline Chili. It's Skyline so time. When you said that's that they brought is. that in, I was like, I, the only context I have is Skyline <laughs> Chili. Um, but you know, people do like, they'll bring in, you know, additional food at the end of the night and then people want that. And so you've got like all of this cake. So if you're bringing in additional things, you can reduce the cake. Um, so all of these factor into whether or not you can reduce the number of servings and by how much. Um, and like I mentioned before, an experienced baker is going to be able to guide you to the quantity of servings that's, that's most appropriate for your guest count and situation. That makes a lot of sense. And that it is helpful to know that there are a lot of factors. I mean, it might be like kind of annoying for the bride and groom who just wants to know, but there are so <laughs> many other factors that come into play. And like you said, if there's a lot of food, people are going to be pretty full, but if the reception goes for longer, then they'll get hungry after like all the dancing. So yeah. it really just depends on like your guests really. But like you said, it, it doesn't hurt to have extra cake. So. And one thing I want to mention is um, if, if you are having um, cake versus like a dessert buffet or like finger food desserts, um, finger food desserts or um, like dessert buffet items, things that are tiny and small and like one or two bites, um, don't go as low on that 
for your percentage because people are going to be going to the dance floor and like walking by that table and grabbing things like mm-hmm. people are just going to grab one or two every time they walk past whereas you know if you have to eat sit down and eat your cake with a fork um at a table people are going to be less likely to grab that so um i would always recommend not reducing your dessert buffet by as much as you would if you were only having cake that makes a lot of sense I think another question that a lot of people will have is like, what is a realistic budget for your wedding day desserts? And I'm sure this also varies depending on what you're having, but what would you say? So this is going to vary greatly depending on where you are in the country, what type of desserts you're having. Um, There's a lot of factors that, that will go into your pricing for cake. Um, I would say three to $10 per person is going to be a pretty good average per serving cake price for most of the country. Um, I do know, you know, this is a big range, but in most locations for that amount, you can expect a beautiful cake finished in buttercream with hand pipe details in that price point. So cakes finished in fondant or cakes that include a lot of intricate hand pipe details or sugar flowers um, are going to be a little bit more and typically fall in the like seven to $15 range per serving. Um, And that's just going to go up depending on how labor intensive the overall design is. Um, Some of the cakes that I have made through Icon that are covered in handmade sugar flowers uh, have even ended up in the over $25 per serving range um, due to the time it takes to make the flowers. Like I've spent um, literally like 50 or 60 hours on one cake before. So, wow. um, you know, it's like all other things that are wedding related, the sky's the limit. Um, you know, you you can start at that base price um, and then literally go up to anything. Um, and again, ask your baker, what's your base price? What do I get with that? Um, that they're n- never going to not want to tell you. Um, wedding cakes are custom handmade items and they're made especially for you. And I don't think the average person realizes the amount of time it takes to make a lot of the beautiful cake designs that you see online. Sometimes um, when I'm meeting with clients, I'll relate, I'll relate the cake pricing to like what you experience when you take your car to the shop. Uh, if there's a lot of labor involved in the design you want, it's going to make the cost of the cake go up very quickly. Right. Another sense. thing, yeah, another thing to be aware of is that with cakes, sometimes a cake that appears simple will be a lot more expensive than a cake that has additional design elements because of the amount of time um, and skill it takes to make a cake that has super clean lines and no tolerance for any type of blemish. Um, that's one of the things that we see a lot um, is someone will come in and they'll be like, I just want a simple cake. And they have this picture of the cake and we're like, that takes a lot of work to get it to look simple. Um, so uh, if you do have a smaller budget, here are a few tips for you. Um, if your baker gives you a quote for a cake design and your quote ends up being out of your budget or just more than you expected, tell your baker. Um it's always okay to ask if there's any techniques that can give a similar look, but stay closer to your target budget. Um, and this will save a lot of time and energy for everyone. Um, a lot of times people will come in and they will show, show us pictures of cakes that they like. And um, they're, they're pretty like complicated to make. 
and maybe they've got lots of handmade details, maybe it's a fondant cake. Um, and we will, you know, give them a quote and then they'll be like, oh, well, what about this one? And they'll show us another picture and another picture and another picture. And that just takes, it takes a lot of time um, to price out all of those different things. Um, if you like a cake and it's out of your budget, say, is there anything that we can do to make this in this price range? Because um, especially with fondant cakes, there's a lot of ways that you can work with buttercream to make it look similar. It's never going to look exact. It's never going to look like, um, you know, people like the marble look with fondant. Um, and, you know, that's kind of a popular thing. And you can do something similar with buttercream. It's not going to look exactly like that fondant cake, but it's going to be closer to the price that you want. Um, and, you know, just kind of like that, there's lots of ways that we can kind of modify what we're doing, or maybe instead of doing that, like really complicated, heavy scroll work on all the tiers of your cake, let's do it on every other tier. Um, and that'll save, you know, 45 minutes of time and take your price down a little bit. So um, there's always things that I think you can do unless you're already at that very base um, price level to make the design that you really want kind of fit into your budget. Um, another thing you can do is ask your baker if they provide kitchen cake. Um, a kitchen cake's um, a little bit different than a sheet cake. Kitchen cakes are custom baked cakes that are the same height, same flavor, same filling and frosting as your wedding cake. Um, and they're kept in the kitchen. So when it's cut and plated, the slices don't look any different from the ones that came from your main wedding cake. Um, oh, kitchen cake, that's clever. Yeah. yeah. So um, kitchen cake is often uh, priced at a lower price point than a tiered cake, um, but it not always. So definitely double check. Um, so if you have 100 guests and you can reduce the size of your wedding cake to serve 75, um, which will bring that price down a little bit and then order 25 servings of kitchen cake um, that will be kept, you know, back for the catering staff to have cut. Um, and there will be a little cost savings with that. So that's definitely another option. That's what, that's what actually what me and my husband did. We had a smaller wedding cake and then we had like kitchen cakes for the rest yeah. of our guests so that we could save some money. So I love that idea. Yeah. I, well, I think I, I specifically love the fact that the slices look exactly the same because I think when, I mean, I don't care because I love cake, so it doesn't really matter <laughs> to me, but there Maybe somebody out there, I guess, at your wedding who looks at your wedding cake and realizes that's an eight inch round and I got a square piece that's only two layers. Wait a minute. Mm. So I love that the kitchen cake thing is it's an identical slice of cake. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And um, another great thing about the kitchen cake, um, if you have a very large wedding and you're serving the cake as a course, keep this in mind because another thing that people don't really realize, I mean, if you're not around it, you just wouldn't know, but it takes a lot of time to disassemble and cut a cake. It does. So if you have, a, um, you know, 400 people at your wedding and you have a massive cake, um, it's going to take probably 45 minutes to an hour for the catering staff to disassemble that entire cake and cut it. Um, it takes a long time. And if you have kitchen cake um, and a smaller cake, um, 
you know, you don't have to take that ginormous cake down to like a two tier cake, but maybe like I said above, like just 20% of your servings, the catering staff can go ahead and get that cut while you're having your like cake cutting ceremony. And then, um, it just kind of helps speed up the process. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as much as everyone loves, loves, loves those giant cakes, sometimes it's a logistical nightmare. Um, and if you have a really, really large wedding and like 200, 250, um, I would say this may or may not apply, but once you get into the, like, you know, 300, 400 people, um, it's a good idea to have kitchen cakes to, to help the process of getting the cake served to everyone. Um, so another thing just to keep in mind, if you're one of the people that is going to have like my big fat Greek wedding, giant, giant, giant. Wedding. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's, that's just something to think about. Um, another thing that we kind of see a lot is people asking for fake cakes. Um, and I will say, do not get a fake cake. Um, if, if your reason for wanting one is for cost savings, um, someone somewhere started a rumor that got printed in a magazine and dispersed online that getting a faux cake for display plus kitchen cakes to serve the guests is going to be cheaper. And it's not mm. the cost of styrofoam that the, the faux cake is made on costs about the same as the ingredients that is used to make the cake. Wow. Um, so now instead of baking a cake to serve a hundred and decorating it, now baking enough cake to serve a hundred and decorating a faux cake. They're doing the same amount of work. Now, um, they're also, it's like, it's, ex, you know, you, you, you're baking the cake and then you're decorating it. It's the same thing, but now you have the extra cost, um, both financial and environmental of the styrofoam. Mm -hmm. Um, there's definitely instances where it is beneficial and recommended to utilize a fake cake but saving money is not one of them. Hmm. Um, delivery costs and additional fees can also add up. Um, and many bakeries are able to provide cakes for multiple weddings each weekend. So if you tell your baker that you need a delivery time during a very specific small time frame, um, you will most likely get an additional fee because now they've got to schedule everything else around that um, instead of doing, um, you know, doing their deliveries based on, you know, location around the city and what needs to, you know, be, you know, there's, if you're delivering, you know, five or 10 cakes, um, but you have to go out of your way to get to one spot at one specific time, um, you're going to get a fee because, you know, everything else has to happen kind of around that. So it's always worth it to verify with your venue to see when the earliest and latest times are available for deliveries to take place. Um, and similarly, similarly, most smaller single or two tier cakes can very easily be picked up from a shop um, in order to avoid a delivery fee altogether. Yeah, that nice. makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah. thank you for like, I, that was a lot of like, awesome information for, you know, cutting down your budget. Cause I, I know that's a question, you know, probably a lot of people have is if there's ways to kind of cut some costs. So I appreciate you going through all that stuff. And I thought that was really interesting about the fake cake thing, because I wasn't Same. aware that it would be, it makes sense. You're still making cake for everybody, but it's just, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, 
I think you touched on this too, kind of when you were going through all the tips is you, you just don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And for couples who are planning their first, you know, it's the first time planning a wedding and they don't know what anything costs. It's very, can be very overwhelming for them sometimes. And that's a huge pro to having, you know, someone like Lindsay, like kind of walking you through. Cause a lot of the stuff, even I work a lot of weddings as a photographer though, and I don't know a lot of this stuff. So it's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of your favorite trends that you've seen involving desserts? Like, are there any like super unique things that you've seen that you really like? Um, yes. So Lambeth style cakes are coming back and they are coming back like hot, especially here in this, um, in this area of the country. Um, and Lambeth are when you see the beautiful vintage style piped designs with the layers and layers of frilly borders and swags, um, rosettes, and sometimes like cherries. Um, we're seeing a lot of classic like white on white, but also we have had some really colorful ones the past year or two. Um, and people are bringing in like really bright colors on these and they are so fun. Um, we're also seeing lots of texture. Um, I'm seeing a lot of wedding dress inspired cakes that use pearls and lace textures, but ruffles um, and nature inspired textures are still extremely popular too. Um, pressed flower cakes are becoming very popular. Uh, we make we have made these in um, like with white buttercream, but then also um, colored buttercream as the background. And either way, they look simultaneously whimsical and modern and fresh. Um, and they are always just like the sweetest cakes to see. So um, if you want to explore this route with your baker, make sure that they are able to source flowers that are free of pesticides and chemicals. Um, but these are just beautiful cakes. And it doesn't like, even if they're like super tall or little tiny um, petite cakes, uh, those flowers are just so precious on these cakes. Um, we're also seeing uh, big cakes still. We started seeing cakes get bigger in 2022 once all the lockdowns um, kind of finished up, but the trend for the big cakes keeps going. Um, and I, I do see a lot of like the trend, kind of the overall trend for like maximalism at your wedding. Um, and even when that more is more theme isn't necessarily carried through everything in the entire wedding, couples are still wanting to incorporate uh, sometimes faux tiers and decorative spacers into their cakes to make them bigger. Um, so that's another big thing is still like big cakes, um, the pressed flowers, textures. Um, those are a lot of the big things that I'm seeing right now. I love the That's, pressed flowers. That looks so pretty. I just Googled it while, while yeah, you're talking. It's so beautiful. Really, really cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's <laughs> so funny. So my grandmother actually used to be, she, this was a long time ago. She took a, a cake baking class and she used to make wedding cakes, but I'm talking like wedding cakes in like the seventies and eighties. So it was all of that Lambeth style yeah. cake. And I remember seeing pictures of all the cakes she would make being like, Ooh, I don't know that I like that grandma. And it's so funny because now it's becoming popular again. And so it's really cool to look at her pictures of her, the cake she used to bake. And now it's like all coming back and it's super yeah. popular. And I think that's so cool. Yes. And like, I just, I love it when a couple comes in um, and they've got a really like bright color palette and then they want their cake to have like all of this piping, but then in the different colors um, and I mean, they're just so, so unique and like, you can't take your eyes off of them. Yeah. 
I love that. So of course we're the Catholic wedding podcast. So all of our brides are Catholic. So I was just curious, are there any ways that couples can incorporate their faith into their wedding day desserts? Um, Yes, there is. But I think that these are going to be like a subtle nod Mm -hmm. to the Catholic faith um, than something that is super obvious. Um, I mean, you can always put some big obvious thing on your cake or your desserts. Um, but generally I think that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. Um, I think then it might look, end up looking like a baptism cake or confirmation cake or something. Right. If it's like, right. got a big cross, um, like, and again, for weddings, um, just the trid, you know, as you look at pictures of wedding cakes over the years, um, over the decades, um, you just don't really see the, any super obvious, like, Catholic elements on a cake like you would for a baptism or confirmation. Um, so right. one thing that um that that you can do though, like our faith is full of beautiful symbols um, from all the different crosses, including like the Maltese cross, the Celtic cross, St. Andrew's cross. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, plus there are symbols like the Fleur de Lis. There's the beautiful curving lines of the Ave Maria um, symbol. Um, and any of these types of things can be incorporated into a cake, um, a cake design as part of a border or hand piped scroll work. The shape of the Maltese um, cross, like if you have that kind of repeating around like the base of your tier, it's going to give you like a really modern look. And like, I don't think the average person, like if they look at the cake, they're going to be like, um, and I, that's the kind of sim- the, the, um, the thing that brings all of these little like things that you can do to your cake together is that um, I don't think they're going to be noticed necessarily by everyone, um, but I think it's really special when you know something's there, um, just knowing that this incorporates something that's super important to me, whether or not anyone else knows about it, you know about it, um, and it makes it special for the couple. Uh, so flowers, whether they're sugar flowers or fresh flowers, um, are probably the most way you can bring the faith into your cake or desserts um like you can use roses for our lady lilies for joseph little blossoms or rose buds for saint therese or if you have a special like patron saint for your relationship um you can see if there's a particular flower or like um you know a color of a flower that represents that saint and try to um incorporate that into you know not just your cake but maybe even your actual flowers there's a lot of you know cross action happening between cake and florist because of the amount of flowers that end up on your cake. Um, so if you're working with a florist that also um, is helping you incorporate things um, to help you represent your faith in your wedding, um, that can totally carry over into the cake too. Um, and then this, the last thing um, is maybe a little bit of a stretch, but um, you can always have a cake in a flavor that is a special representation of a saint that's important to you um, or shares a feast day with your wedding. Um, for example, like today we're recording this in November and St. Elizabeth of Hungary's feast day is later this week. Um, and just, you know, as an example, if she has important to meaning, important meaning to you as like a couple, um, or if you end up getting married on like her feast day, you could consider having one of your cake flavors be chocolate and caramel. Um, which is inspired by one of Hungary's most famous desserts, the Dobos tort. It's like 
I think uh, Budapest, like cake, it's like what they're known for. So, you know, there's a lot of different things you can do with a little research. Um, but again, it's going to definitely be on the subtle side <laughs> um, as far as bringing your faith in. It might be something that only you and your fiance know about. Um, but again, there's something super special about that, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like that's so special though. And I love that. And I think that's a huge perk to having someone like you who like, you know, specializes in this, but also is Catholic because you might even be aware of certain, some of these certain like um, customs and trends and different things like that. Like I would never even think like, oh, let's look at, you know, Hungary's like famous desserts. <laughs> but I think that is so clever. Like that is so, so cool. I love that. It totally is. I I love the subtlety of the things that you mentioned, because I think if a couple's trying to incorporate all these Catholic elements, that is such a beautiful way to do it without being super in your face about it. Mm-hmm. And I, just in general, I love all of the ideas that you've shared here to, with us today, whether it was like the budget stuff or the dessert table stuff or including Catholic elements. I think there's such a power in having a professional who really understands their craft particularly wedding day desserts um, and and any other vendor too. And for us, one of the vendors that we really strongly recommend to our listeners as well is hiring a professional wedding planner uh, because, and and I think I kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier is a lot of couples don't know what they don't know. And I know that something that white Lily weddings does, which they're sponsoring today's episode is they're very good at taking contracts from their vendors and reading them over and helping them get set up and set for success with the vendors that they're choosing to work with. So having Catholic vendors specifically can help you incorporate faith on your wedding day and help you focus more on the the marriage and not just the wedding day. And and we're so grateful for White Lily Weddings to to sponsor this episode. And if you are listening, they're actually offering a second day of coordinator to our listeners who mentioned the Catholic wedding podcast. So you can check out white Lily weddings in the description box below. We have like a free wedding planning checklist for you there. And then all of the information for white Lily weddings and, and they'll definitely help get you set up for success with all of your vendors. Lindsay, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been such a joy and like jam-packed of so much awesome information. Um, Before we wrap up, we ask this to all of our guests, but what is one piece of advice that you would give to a newly engaged couple? Yes. First, enjoy this special time together because it goes by so quickly. Um, Really just enjoy each other and enjoy the time. Second, when you're working with vendors, again, my repeated thing, it's okay to ask questions. We're here to help you. Um, We're here to help you plan and execute execute one of the most beautiful days that you will ever experience. Your vendor team, um, whether they work with cake or flowers or photography or lighting or whatever, um, this is what we do all day, every day. Uh, And we know what is possible and what might be more of a challenge to pull off. Um, A lot of wedding vendors have formed wonderful communities and tight friendships. And we have most likely been to your venue before. We've most likely worked with many of your other vendors. Um, We know each other. We're friends with each other. Don't be afraid to use our knowledge of both your space and your other vendors to your advantage. Um, ask us what, you know, 
who we like to work with. Who do we recommend? When you get your photographer, ask them, what other vendors do you like working with? When you get your florist, ask what other vendors do you like working with? Because a great vendor team in a great space can make your wedding go from, um, you know, great to extraordinary. Uh, it's, this is my, like one of my biggest tips, like work with a good team and rely on us and trust us. Um, the last thing would be that, um, you know, everybody knows that planning a wedding can be a little stressful. Um, you will struggle with hearing lots of opinions from a lot of people. Um, you might struggle with finances or time management, family dynamics. Um, there's all kinds of things that um, might play into the stress of, set of, of planning the wedding. Um, take time to stop and be still every day and offer up those struggles and pray. Uh, the peace and joy that comes from the sacrament of marriage will fill your heart soon. I love all the, everything you just said. That was, uh, that was good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, thank you so much for being on today. Can you let us know where people can find you either on Instagram or like website, where can people connect with you? Yes. And thank you so much for talking with me today. Um, you can find Icon Cake and Sugar Flowers on Instagram and Facebook. Um, it's at Icon Cake Cincinnati um, or my website, which is IconCakeCincinnati.com. And you can also find more information about Icon on the Catholic Bridal Collective, which is an amazing new community and website connecting Catholic couples and Catholic wedding vendors. Um, and then Trey Bell is not on the Catholic Bridal Collective, but you can also check us out on socials um, at Trey Bell Cakes. Or if you're in Cincinnati, um, you are always welcome to stop into the shop in the Reading Bridal District and grab a pastry and a delicious coffee or latte. Um, and I hope that you do because we've got a great team there and we would love to see you. I definitely want to stop by. <laughs> yeah. Evidently, I need to go to Cincinnati now. Yes. whatever the skyline is and for Trey Bell. <laughs> exactly. That would be so cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for coming on the Catholic Wedding Podcast. This has been such a joy to have you. We've learned so much. I hope our guests have as well. Um, for our listeners, definitely check her out on Instagram and her website. Her work is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, you can also email us at catholicweddingpodcast at gmail.com. You can join us on Instagram at Catholic Wedding Podcast and definitely check out our Facebook group um, titled The Catholic Bride. We have a lot Lots of amazing vendors in there, lots of amazing brides who are willing to just help each other out during the season of engagement. Um, definitely join us in there and we will see you guys next time. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.